Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today, I'm very pleased to have with me as my guest, uh, Michael Jacobs, who's a partner at Morrison and Forster. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Richard. Glad to be here. So, Michael, let me start by asking you, you know, how you got into um, intellectual property and how you became an IP litigator. It's so funny looking back. We didn't even know when I started what intellectual property was. I think maybe we had heard of patents and trademarks. <laughs> I was drafted onto a major case. I was actually a business lawyer doing transactional work, but I had some interest in computer software, computer cases, and I had actually done a little bit of programming. And in those days, especially in a general practice firm, even some technical capability was a little unusual. (laughs) So I was drafted onto this major case. The case was uh, IBM versus Fujitsu. It was a big operating system software intellectual property dispute. I fell in love with the area. I fell in love with doing technology cases. I realized my calling was litigation and not transactional work. Hmm. And that's what launched me on an IP litigation career. Now, was that first case a patent case or was not a patent case? It was actually a copyright case. It was at the dawn of software copyright protection. I remember. And and the, the, the companies like Fujitsu got caught in the transition. Previously, IBM software had been in the public domain. All of a sudden, copyright is deemed to apply and IBM applies and it took a little bit of time for companies to adjust to that. So it was a big arbitration, great team, great adversary. We had a blast. Mm. And what do you think you liked about it so much? Was it the technology piece of it or the, the complex legal issues? What do you think you liked about it? All of the above plus the teamwork. I found that one reason I liked litigation so much was I liked working on teams. I liked Mm. the marshalling of resources as compared with the transactional practice that at least I had been doing, which was a little more solo. Mm. So then when did you start getting into patent work then? I assume that a little bit later. It was a little later. We realized that as a group, uh, we talked among ourselves about how much we enjoyed this case and how much we enjoyed the client and how much we enjoyed the subject matter. But we realized that copyright cases would be relatively few. But at that time, the Federal Circuit was just getting its grip on patents and revaluing patents. And we foresaw that patent litigation would be the area that if we really enjoyed this so much, we would need to learn. Mm. And so uh, we did a few things to, to, to teach ourselves about patents. And did you find you enjoyed that just as much as the copyright stuff or more? I, I think we just enjoyed it all. It was, you know, back in the in those days, the valley was taking off. We represented some great clients here. We represented some great clients in Japan, continuing with the Fujitsu representation as a as a kind of a core capability. We were just having, we were really just having a, a lot of fun. And patent law has a kind of arcane quality to it that can be endlessly fascinating in and of itself. Copyright law, maybe to a lesser degree because it's the doctrines are more open-ended. Patent has all these rules that you have to learn. Now, you mentioned the, the early Fujitsu case. When you kind of look back at your now 30-plus career, what are kind of a, maybe two or three highlights or cases that you worked on that you enjoyed, enjoyed the most? So that was, as, one of the, as a foundational case, it wouldn't surprise you, that's one that has a, a lot of um, enduring memories. Uh, more recently, I worked on the Apple-Samsung trial. I co-led that uh, team, the first case with Harold McElhaney and Rachel Krevins. And embedding in Apple and learning the story of the creation of the iPhone Hmm. and working 
with the engineers, both on the design side and on the software user interface side, was just an amazing experience. It mm. truly was an extraordinary time in the life of a company, in the life of technology. And it was a, a, a major challenge to litigate effectively against an adversary like Samsung. Mm-hmm. So that, that was um, definitely a highlight. And then another foundational part of my career was work we did early on for Chiron in the biotech space. Mm. So I've been lucky to have a career that straddles really all technologies. Yeah, interesting. And this, this summer I've been working on cases from uh, a, an advanced drug for Genentech uh, called Ketsyla to... Uh, Christmas trees that fold up and invert. <laughs> and that's also part of the fun of this practice, I think. It's just the, the wide range of, of issues and subjects one can learn. But I've been lucky in particular to have both a so-called tech practice as well as a life sciences practice. Hmm, that is interesting. Do you find that you prefer one or the other? Do you te- what technology do you like kind of getting your teeth into better? I enjoy the science of biotechnology. Uh, I enjoy the... And it's harder for me, honestly. I, I had more of a tech background. Mm-hmm. I knew computer programming, and so that comes quite naturally. Uh, and I have to har- work harder to learn the science in life sciences. But I think that's the challenge mm-hmm. that makes it especially exciting. Well, you mentioned you did a little programming in college. Do you th- did you have kind of a science bent, even though you might not have been a science person or a science engineer? I, I was a bit of a nerd, I will confess. <laughs> it's now more popular to be a nerd than it was when I was a nerd. And... Uh, I was a hobbyist. I was an electronics hobbyist. I was an amateur radio operator. I uh, actually built some kit uh, microprocessors ah, and stereos. I was a Heathkit fan. There you go. In fact, for uh, one of my milestone birthdays, um, one of our friends gave me an old Heathkit catalog as a gift. <laughs> I was very appreciative of that. So uh, that was that background. And then my father was a doctor. So on the life sciences and device side, I think about him a lot. Yeah. Well, this all makes sense now. <laughs> yes, it's all coming together. Now, you mentioned earlier that you actually found that you like litigation more than transactional. You mentioned teamwork is one of the reasons. What else about litigation that you think suits your personality better than, say, being a transactional or other kind of lawyer? The, in litigation, you're up against an adversary in the moment. That adversary is going to pick apart your work in the moment. On the transactional side, you're trying to imagine in the future what issues might arise. And it's really easy to say, ah, that won't, don't worry about that. Let's just get the deal done. (laughs) And, but in litigation, you can't do that. You've Mm -hmm. got to be minding every aspect, every word of a brief. And, and that just suits me better that in the mo that again, in the moment, Mm -hmm. uh, aspect of it, Mm -hmm. I found was more suited to my, my personality. Plus I, I like the, the strategic aspect of litigation, the I, I like the strategy of a deal, but I really like the strategic aspect of litigation, particularly knowing that at, at bottom, what you're really doing is managing risk and opportunity. You never really know what you're going to win mm-hmm. and what you're not going to win mm-hmm. until you win it. Mm-hmm. And then until that win is, a, is a, 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 um, affirmed on appeal. Mm-hmm. And so you're managing these opportunities for good and bad outcomes and trying to develop a strategy that maximizes the likelihood that your client will do well. What, what about the stress aspect of it? I mean, do you find that that's I mean, how do you deal with that part of it? I've never like had it? a problem with that stress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that is, Richard. It may be a little, it may be that I, I'm uniquely suited to this business, but okay. I have just never really had a problem huh. with, with um, serious stress management. I think it's 
goes back, though, to the teamwork aspect of this. I've always been surrounded by just fabulous colleagues. I think about what makes, makes for professional satisfaction. It's handling the most challenging problems for the most interesting clients with the most spectacular colleagues. Mm. And I've just always had great people to rely on and fall back on. Maybe the the biggest stress moments are when it feels like somebody might be letting you down. And then I often find that it's all imagined that actually that person has the issue well in hand. Well, you mentioned some of the things you like about litigation. What about trial? I mean, most litigators find trial to be the pinnacle of what they do. Do you find that's also the case? Yes, I I really I, I enjoy trial. And I think it's back again to the teamwork because a trial, you're taking that team and you're now mag- managing a production on the stage of a courtroom with this really interestingly diverse audiences. You have a literal audience in the gallery or in the media. And then, of course, you have the jury that's deciding. And we're always trying to figure out what they're getting and what they're not getting, who they like and who they don't like. And then you have the judge. And you have to, or, you have to design this production for all three audiences. Because in many of the cases I'm doing, the media attention to the case is something that the client is very concerned with. Mm. So... Uh, I just find that fascinating, and I love it. And I and the performative aspect of it, I will confess, I like as well. <laughs> I like being on stage, and I was never a very good actor, so uh, this is the way it happens. You've had an incredibly successful career. Did you ever consider anything else besides a practicing lawyer, maybe in-house, something outside of law? You know, I've had such a great time. I can't say that I haven't thought about other possibilities from time to time, but I've never really pursued uh, any of them. And and it's partly because I think about what I enjoy so much about what I do and the the mix of clients, not having a single client, but a mix of clients, the, distant, the, the, the fact that they actually want us to be simultaneously forceful advocates for them and disinterested advisors. They want the professional independence. I find that that suits me. And and so I've, I've just... Um, been very happy and very happy here at Morrison Forrester. What advice do you give the younger lawyers who are just starting their careers or want to get into intellectual property law? So I think what one is doing when one launches one career, one's career, and, my, and my, my story is so emblematic of this, one is choosing a serendipity set. <laughs> what is choosing a set of, ch- of chances, any one of which might be good or bad. But you're, you can't know in advance what, those chan- what any particular chance will be. All you can know is... Are you in a place where there's a pretty good odds that those chances will be good? <laughs> That's a funny way of saying, I guess, that go to where the opportunity is. Mm. And what's so exciting right now about our practice in the Bay Area is this is the most exciting place on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on here in San Francisco itself, which is itself a novel development. For many years, the city was kind of moribund. There's so much going on right on Market Street, right where our office is. <laughs> Never been like that. So th- that's the advice. I think you want, you want to think about wh- that, you're go- that you're in a place where opportunity lies uh, of a diverse range. It may be that the opportunity is within the firm. It may be the opportunities are with clients. It may be the opportunities are with the government and you just want good training. That's my advice. Now, you're obviously a very young man, Michael Jacobs, but what about, what about the future? Are there any specific kinds of cases you still want to try or specific goals you have for your career? I have a great set of cases right now. I want to get the best possible results 
for my clients in those cases. One of the things I like about my practice now is its diversity. Uh, I had a case. It was a it was a career case. It, it ended pretty ra- pretty rapidly with a settlement the quiet client is quite satisfied with. But it was a case for Paul McCartney. Hmm. It had to do with the termination right under the Copyright Act, hmm. and it was a conflicts of laws issue in which. The adversary was arguing that notwithstanding the absolute right to terminate under U.S. copyright law, U.K. contract law meant that exercise of that right would be a breach of contract. Hmm. So this is a case that's fascinating on so many levels. Who is the client? Paul McCartney. What's the subject area? The termination right under copyright law, something I had spent zero time on until I got into this case. Huh. was working with Paul Goldstein at Stanford, our copyright of oh, counsel. Right. Yeah. I was working with uh, John and Lee Eastman in New York, uh, Paul McCartney's uh, lawyers. And that's the so as I think about where my career is right now, where my practice is right now, it's that diversity that I'm just having a blast with and I hope for more of. Well, Michael, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. If you do decide to do something other than the practice hall, which doesn't sound like it, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. Absolutely, Richard. Thank you very much. This is Richard Shu and Michael Jacobs. Thanks. Thanks.